welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel, your host, and great to be with you again today. And this is quite a season that we're in, and a season that really asks a lot of us, and I want to be here to help you. When I started this podcast, my goal was to be a source of inspiration and motivation to people. That's what I've been trying to do for almost a year now. I certainly never expected that we would be in a season like the one we're in that just asks so much of us. And really, people need encouragement. They need help. They need perspective. And they need inspiration. And I really feel like I'm at the right place at the right time to help and provide that. And I look forward to doing that with you today because I feel like we are in a place where panic has really kind of taken over. Fear is just running rampant. You know, the only thing that's as contagious as this virus is fear. I mean, it's really incredible. So I want to give you 20 reasons not to panic in the pandemic. 20 reasons why you shouldn't give in to panic and and why you should, in fact, um, have a different perspective and a different way of looking at things. That's my goal. Now, this is the fourth episode that I've done that is just totally devoted to the pandemic. And I would just encourage you to, to, to listen to the other episodes where, again, I'm trying to help you with perspective and encouragement about going through a crisis like this, about dealing with issues that are unfamiliar to all of us kind of looking at this pandemic outbreak and just seeing you know what what is it that we can learn about handling this the best possible way and i always would encourage you to go to rickmcdaniel.com because on that one website is uh, just a whole host of information and i have spoken four messages that have to do with this at my church. I've done, uh, this will be the fourth podcast episode. I have two articles out and I'm working on a third. I have four devotionals and almost all of it, with the exception of one, is is content that's completely different. So you, you can get so much uh, content and help in, in so many different ways to, to uh, really assist you with what you're going through and try uh, to make the best of a bad situation, to make lemonade out of lemons, to come out of this situation actually a better person, a wiser person, a stronger person. There's so many benefits, really, um, that you that that you can have from doing this. There there really are silver linings in every dark cloud. There are blessings that come even in the, in the midst of suffering. And I'm telling you, maybe I'll do another episode just on that, but it's pretty remarkable the things that are happening. Again, I've already shared some feel-good facts in one of the other episodes. So I would just encourage you to go to rickmcdaniel.com. Also, of course, there you have my my books, my books current book, you Got Style, which again, my latest article on the different approaches to the pandemic or the different styles that people have, I think is fascinating. And I think, you know, reading the book will help you understand yourself and others so much better. And when you're spending more time with people, boy, what a great time it is to learn more about yourself and others, an ideal time to get You Got Style. 
my book, Turn Your Setbacks into Comebacks. I've already been interviewed about that. and I have a sense I'll be doing a lot more interviews as we try to bounce back, as we try to have a comeback, launch a comeback as a country, as individuals from this pandemic crisis. I think those principles will be coming in quite handy, and I look forward to sharing them with folks and helping them. So those are all at rickmcdaniel.com. Again, I would just say as we near the one-year anniversary of the Point of Impact podcast, appreciate ratings, appreciate reviews, uh, sharing, and let's see if we can't expand the, the message of this podcast and help a lot more people than even those that we're helping right now. All right, let's jump into this. 20 reasons not to panic in the pandemic. So here, here we go. Let's just start here. Look at the facts. Look at the facts. The first thing we need to do is just start with the facts. And, and the facts are what? There is a, a coronavirus called COVID-19. And some people have lost their lives. And certainly more people than we would ever be comfortable with, as if any life, a loss of life is, is comfortable. And so that's a reality. But here's the rest of the reality, that those people, almost all of them had pre-existing conditions, underlying, underlying issues. The reality is that, that of healthy people, very few people have died. A greater reality is that at least 80% of people will never, will never really have any kind of, of, of symptoms. 80% of the 20% that are left, there will be those that have more severe symptoms, but only a fraction of them will ever have to be hospitalized or will unfortunately pass away. And so these are just the facts. It doesn't minimize loss of life. It doesn't minimize that these are still gigantic numbers, but in the bigger numbers of everyone, the facts say that this is not uh, as gigantic. This is not like a, a, a bubonic plague that killed a third to a half of all of Europe. This is not like an Ebola that kills people. This is a, a virus that by and large does not kill people. All right, what else? The news might be freaking you out. It's important in, in life, you know, to make decisions based on logic and wisdom and not emotion. Not emotion, and that's the difference between, say, being prepared with information versus panicking. Here's what I can tell you. Fear is an emotion. Afraid is a choice. You have a choice. What you do with the information that, that you learn, I think limiting the amount of time you spend watching the news, trying to have as much normalcy as possible in your daily routine is the way to go. It is the way to go. And if you just keep having a steady diet of, of news, I think you're going to be tempted to fall into the emotion of fear and choose panic instead of choosing not to panic. Worst case scenarios aren't reality. Epidemiologists and immunologists are going to talk about worst case scenarios because that's what they do. Epidemiologists, this is what their whole thing is about. This is what their, you know, careers are based on. Immunologists, same thing. You know, what's the, what we need to prepare for the worst. Okay, so just think about the worst case scenario. 1.4 to 2.2 million people in America are going to die. That's 
totally didn't happen. Then we revise it. 100,000 to 240,000 people. That's not going to happen. Those, those worst case scenarios. How about this? We're going to run out of hospital beds. That didn't happen. We're going to run out of ventilators. That didn't happen. So it's not that leaders are wrong to, and scientists are wrong to paint out worst case scenarios. But we have to say to ourselves, I need to, you know, really listen to this information and understand that for the most part, worst case scenarios don't happen. They don't. That we, we can be prepared, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the reality. Here's another reason. You're not powerless. The most important thing you can do is focus on, on what you can control. If you're stuck inside, there's still lots of things that you can control in your daily life to make it meaningful, to make it enjoyable, to make it fun. And you certainly can continue to control your, your physical health. And you see people that are overeating, under-exercising, and drinking too much alcohol. All of those things are under your control. Even if your gym is closed, you still can find ways to exercise. And I would just encourage you to realize you're not powerless and take control over what you can take control over. It is true there are many things you can't control right now. That's absolutely true. All the more reason why you have to control what it is that you can control. All right, let's keep going. Here's another one. Panic doesn't help. Panic is never helpful. It's not. Because this makes our brain sort of stay online all the time. And, you know, that's not a good thing. Our thinking brain is, is, not, is not online all the time. That, that's not the way it, it's designed to work. So it's important to realize that when we're panicking, we're not thinking properly. We're not. Panic is, is a form of facing an unfamiliar scenario. And when you face an unfamiliar scenario, we need to be thinking, not panicking. We need to be taking things into thought and consideration. That's what happens when people uh, appropriately look, deal with an unfamiliar scenario and situation. So panic doesn't help. Here, here it is, panic spreads to others. Yes, fear is a virus, just like the virus, COVID-19. When we panic, other people panic. Fear spreads. Look at what people just go nuts, you know, and start buying all this toilet paper and, and uh, just making decisions out of panic. Copying behavior that is not logical or helpful or necessary. But that's what happens. It spreads. I see this one doing this, so I, I I copy that. It's it's not a it's not a good thing to do, and it's not a good example for others to follow. Those that you are in contact with, those people that you love and care about, you know, it's you're doing them no good by spreading your panic. And I would just encourage you, don't do it. Here's another reason: panic causes tons of stress. Panic creates an enormous amount of stress. The stress hormone is cortisol. It's there to work in our defense to help us to fight or to flee. It's there if a real situation is going on, but it's not meant to be there all the time. 
In fact, this is a message that I am, am, am starting to speak on and write on, and that is fight the fear. If you're going to fight, if you're going to have a response, the response should not be flight. It should be fight. But even that fight response can't stay on all the time. So panic is just not going to be good for you. And then cortisol releases into your body. That creates, by the way, weight gain. It's, it's, there's nothing good that comes out of a consistent release of cortisol. Again, it can help you to get up for what you need to get up for. But then it needs to be turned off. And if you continue to stay in panic mode, you're, you're, you're really hurting yourself and, and hurting your body in a, in a very serious way. But we do need to have a fight the fear mentality. That's a, we should see this as a battle and a battle that can be won. We don't give in to panic and fear. We fight against it. And I'll just add this as another reason. Uh, panic won't, won't change anything. Panicking doesn't solve problems. It doesn't eliminate crisis situations. All it does is, is make you more uh, distressed. All it does is make you more depressed. All it does is make you more unhappy. It, it doesn't do anything positive. It doesn't change anything in a positive way whatsoever. Never has, never will. Panic is not the answer in this pandemic. It's, it's not the, the way to go. All right, let's, let's shift a little bit and look at, look at things from another perspective reasons not to panic. People are working hard. Medical professionals are just working, working, working to save lives. And they are. Politicians are finding ways to uh, deal with the, the pandemic in, in terms of a public health perspective and in terms of trying to soften the blow financially. People, I mean, you look at some of these people, they are just working like crazy. They're, they're, you hear stories uh, of like the vice president, you know, getting like two to four hours of sleep a night leading this uh, task force for the coronavirus. You just, you know, you know, these people are just working so hard. The governors and the, the mayors, people are hard at work. I mean, they are busting it. So we need to remind ourselves, everyone's doing their best to resolve this crisis. So we need to remember that. And have an awareness that a lot of people are working very, very hard to help us. And research, another reason, research is coming along. There is no cure yet for COVID-19, but the research are, researchers are, are working around the clock. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable the advances that they are able to, to, to make. There's no doubt that a vaccine will be available. I'm not saying when it will be available, but there's no doubt that there will be a vaccine. But in the meantime, there's all these therapeutics that they're working on, the testing. Now there's, now there's a, an at-home test where you literally can have it sent to you and you swab yourself and you put it in a box and you send it back like the, uh, I call the poop in the box, the colonoscopy option where, you know, it's kind of crazy to say, but I mean, that's what you do. I did it. Believe me, it, it, it's a little weird. Um, but I mean, how convenient is that? And there's the, the quick result, and then there's the, the giant machines at research centers and major labs that can do hundreds of samples at, at a time. I mean, there's, there's people that all kinds of clinical trials are underway, all kinds of things are being done, and uh, the research is, 
is is coming along. There's there's no doubt about that. This is you know there there is uh, going to be a cure, and there are going to be therapeutics in the meantime, and and there's no doubt about that. That is happening right now. And so that leads to another reason, which is uh, focus on things to be grateful for. One, you know, really sort of effective, time-tested uh, strategy for dealing with anxiety and depression is uh, gratitude. In my booklet, uh, Habits of Happy People, gratitude is one of the five habits. You could keep a, a gratitude journal, write down three things that you're grateful for each day. And you may say, well, I'm not going to be able to come up with that in this crisis season. And I, I bet you that you can. I bet that you can. We're doing something, uh, actually, by the time you hear this uh, broadcast, it already have happened, a, a Facebook Live event um, where we're going to just talk about all the blessings that are coming out of this. Out of this terrible time, there are still blessings. There are things that you can be grateful for there you can look around and you will be able to to find if you look for it you'll find it you will absolutely a gratitude practice will help you to refocus your attention on on what to appreciate rather than you know what you're missing and that will help us to have a much more healthy and balanced perspective about everything that is going on in our world right now. Here's another reason to not let panic take over. Panic buying leads to scarcity. Experts in our country and around the world say that there's no need to be hoarding food or goods. The worldwide supply chain remain robust. Hoarding stuff keeps stuff away from people who need it. Hoarding face masks means that healthcare providers can't have them. You know, this fear of that there won't be enough leads to stockpiling, and it's just completely unhealthy. And it's it's not a good way to act as a, a as a citizen or as just a person. The empty supermarket aisles that run on, you know, whatever, hand sanitizer, toilet paper disinfecting wipes it's just not a good way just it doesn't do anyone any good to, to act this way you go to the store you buy what you need and you believe that when you go the next time it will be there and if one or two items aren't there it's not the end of the world life will go on so this kind of panic thinking it's just it's just not healthy at all it and it just doesn't help you or or anyone else. That's just the bottom line. All right, let's just, again, let's move in just a little different direction and talk about some other reasons. You know, like, uh, you know, don't don't panic because you can still go outside. It's, it's, it's crucial to get outside. Today, where I am in Virginia, is a gorgeous day. Sunshine, 65, 70 degrees. I mean, it's like Southern California, man. This is fantastic. Going to get outside? Absolutely. Maybe drive my uh, convertible? Absolutely. Get outside. Yeah, okay, so we can't congregate in groups of uh, you know, more than 10, but you can still go outside. Some parks are closed, kind of crazy. They just kicked uh, Tom Brady out of a park in Tampa. You'd think they'd uh, let him do whatever he wants. They amazingly got the worst team in football over the last 20 years, gets the all-time greatest quarterback, you'd think they'd let him do what he wants, but all right. But 
even if you can't go to certain parks, there's places that you can go. And, you know, you can get outside and get some fresh air and exercise, take a walk, whatever it might be. Good stuff. And, and, and speaking of exercise, exercise is, is another reason, you know, that we don't, don't have to uh, panic. Because when you do any type of exercise, you know it re- re- releases endorphins and, and dopamine, these neurotransmitters that really help us to calm down. It's just a good thing. It's it's just a good thing. I've been continuing to exercise consistently, just same days, same basic, same workout, a little different. And, you know, it just helps. It helps to deal with the stress. It helps to keep you from being panicked. So whether it's just, you know, taking a walk or maybe a run, or again, you know, you can do dips, you can do push-ups, you can do sit-ups, you can do jumping jacks, you can jump rope. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do without weights necessarily. So a guy like me, you know, like an old ball player, been doing lifting weights for a long time. You know, I like to lift the weights, but uh, hey, you don't have to. And again, your body is a weight, so look at it that way, but... It's just important to, to remember that you can still be exercising. Again, reasons not to panic. Reasons not to panic. Here's a big one. Those of you that have children, children are looking at you. During times of crisis, children and younger people look to the, their family and older folks for cues on how to react. The most important thing to do is to be a calming presence. Yes. My wife and I, before we ever had kids, I said, listen, I want to make an agreement about something. I, I don't ever want to talk about money in front of the kids. As far as the kids are concerned, their whole lives, they won't know if we're struggling or if we're rolling in money. They won't know any difference. It'll always be the same. We will never talk about money. We'll never show any sort of concern or upset whatsoever. And our whole marriage, we did that. We never talked about money in front of the kids. They never knew. They never knew. And the same principle applies to something like this. If you freak out in front of your kids, you're you're going to freak them out. Answer their questions. Assure them that things are going to be okay. And stay calm. Do not act panicked. And, you know, they're always watching. You know, those of you that are parents, you know. I mean, you could be on the phone with a friend and it's like, you know, you're freaking out on the phone. And you look over and four feet away from you, little eyes are looking up at you. So for your kids... Don't panic. Here's another one. I've talked about this a little. I'll probably talk about it more. You're going to grow from this. When you can start to find meaning in these sort of crises, in your suffering, in your challenges, then uh, you know what? You're going to realize that there's positives that can come out of this. There's purpose to the pain. You're going to get some insight. You're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about things that you might want to change. You're going to learn about strengths that you have that maybe you didn't even know you have. It's a lot of good. It's a lot of good. You, you can grow from this. And, and you, can, you can come out on the, on the other side better. Now, having said that, let me give you another reason. You can be productive right now. Take this time to do the projects that, you know, that you've never done. To learn the new skill, to organize, to clean things out, 
to do the painting job that you've always wanted to do. One of the guys that works for me just uh, put a new uh, top on his deck and is building a fire pit and he'll be able to enjoy that all summer long and into the fall. Other people are doing other projects. Uh, when I drive from my house to, to my office, uh, I drive uh, on the highway, and you can see this road that runs concurrently with the highway, which leads to the county dump, and there are cars and cars lined up. People are, you know, cleaning things out and getting their garage straight and doing their home projects and learning new languages and taking an online course. And again, I've talked about this uh, already. I've talked about some of this stuff, you know, that Reading, obviously, yes, self-help books like the books I write. Yeah, read them. Don't just watch TV and veg out doing that. Do something productive. Do board games with your family. I mean, there's just so many things really that you can do right now that, that, that are productive. All right, here's another reason. You can control your thoughts. It is okay, yes, to the Feel the fear, the emotion, the feeling of fear. So that's that's understandable, of course. But then try to realize when your thoughts begin to be distorted. Is this thought realistic? Or, or am I just heightening it? In other words, this whole thing about worry, which is a whole other subject. You know, we can't even tackle all of them, but... For instance, here's just this is in one of my books from actually from years ago that if you looked at fog that was say a hundred feet high and seven blocks, seven city blocks long, that's a big amount of fog. And you were to take all that fog that just you can't see anything, you don't know, you just you're completely without sight, don't know what's ahead. And you were to take all that fog and you were to change it from fog into liquid. That water would fill up. Are you ready? One single glass of water. That's it. That's it. And that's really a lot of what worry is all about. It looks so big and so imposing. We don't know what's going to happen. And then when it's all said and done, it's like a glass of water. Big deal. We can get ourselves all worked up and, and play out all these scenarios in our mind. And then none of them even ever happen. We, we spent all this time getting all anxious and worried Panic to no end for what? For what ends up being a bunch of nothing. Something to think about, friends. All right. How about a few more? And, and just finish up 20 reasons. You can control your routine. Stress levels lower when we have an increased sense of routine, predictability. That's how it works. So when you keep a daily routine... It keeps you from being overly panicked. So get up at the same time. Don't be staying up super late and getting up late. Do get up like when you were working, and hopefully some of you are working. Shower, get dressed, you know, eat your breakfast. Don't blow everything up and like, you know, it's a whole different story. Stick with, I've, stick, I've stuck with my routine this entire time. It hasn't changed at all. Doing the exact same thing that, I, that I've always done. You know how comforting that is? I mean, how, how can you feel panicked if you're doing the same thing that you've always done? Even if the 
outward situation has changed and you're we're in the middle of a crisis. So keep with your routine. Keep it the same. And it will help you to feel the same and not give in to all of this anxiety. All right, how about one more? One more reason. Here it is. This too shall pass. There's a reason for that phrase. Here's the, here's the reality. The fate of every pandemic that has ever hit human history is exactly the same. And the coronavirus COVID-19 is no exception. And here it is. Human beings have managed to survive. Every pandemic to date, we have survived. They come, they hit us, and they subside. That's the way these things work. And this will be no different. And in fact, it will be far less deadly than even the Spanish flu. 675,000 people died in America when our population was one-third it is now. So if you just extrapolate that out, that would mean 2 million people would have to die to be similar to the Spanish flu. And we'll have nowhere near that many people die. Many people will have a a slight infection and that will be the end of it. That's all. And some people will never get sick. We will have therapeutics. We'll have a vaccine. And then this will be over and it will become a distant memory. This too shall pass. Remember that. Now that's 20 reasons not to panic in this pandemic. Please take advantage of these principles. Put them into practice in your life. Boy, you will be glad that you did. I will see you next week on the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. You've been listening to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.